On today's episode of Titus and Tate, we have good news, we have bad news. Which order should we share this news? Bad first. Is that you, is that tradition yeah. how it works? Yeah, yeah. Or BAG news is usually <laughs> how it goes. But that, that's close enough. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll go ahead with the bad news. Bad news is Duncan is not on the show this mm. uh, today, as we promised. Or I don't know if we promised. We said we were going to try. Uh, the good news is he's coming on next week. So we are going on. The plan for us was we were. This was supposed to be our last show for a, a week or so. Uh, we were going to go on vacation. We we're going to take some time off, uh, and we wanted Duncan to come on today and then go on vacation. We thought that'd be a good send-off <laughs> show. Duncan was like, I have a life outside of you two clowns. Yes. Uh, I, I was not waiting for you guys to call me yeah. to see about the interview. I was just he's, living my life. He's double booked. He's going on JJ Reddick's podcast for the 4,000th time. Uh, <laughs> he, he cannot make time. No, he's, he's traveling, um, and then I'm traveling. To, it, was, it was a big scheduling snafu. So long story short, uh, bad news is we're not having Duncan on today. Good news is we are – not taking a full vacation next week because we're going to have Duncan on Monday and we're just going to do it from vacation because we just figured what the hell, it's worth it. So we're doing like a bonus show even though we weren't planning on it. So yeah, it, it's our own version of Company Men. We have decided to go above and beyond. Mm -hmm. uh, some people were saying that, not us, but some people. And <laughs> Duncan Robinson is one of those people, friend of the program. He's going to be back on Monday. We're going to relive the NBA bubble experience with, through Duncan's eyes, through yeah. the lens of Duncan. We're going to keep an eye on all of his behaviors around LeBron James. We're going to talk about all that sort of stuff. It's going to be great. It's going to be our annual summer league interview with him. We always do every year at summer league. We interview him. There was no summer league this every, year. Every year. The last every two year. years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, I'm that's what you got to do. You got to say yeah. every year. Get a, yeah. <laughs> it's a tradition unlike any other. Uh, so today, instead, what we are doing, um, we are breaking down. We're going to do a draft. We're going through uh, uh, our top 10 bubble memories from the NBA bubble. We're going to draft our top 10. And the reason we're doing this, Tate, is because the NBA, I, I couldn't help but notice, the NBA does not do a one shiny moment. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they should have. It feels like the bubble was perfect for this. It was primed for this. It was a neutral site, a tournament atmosphere. This, for all intents and purposes, was March Madness for, you, for me, certainly. And I was deprived <laughs> of my one shiny moment where like someone steps in and just sums up the entire bubble experience real quickly. So why don't we do that? Why don't we do like kind of make it our one shining moment where we like recap the entire bubble? Yes, we are related to the one shining brand in general. That was something yes. that we pride <laughs> ourselves on. So we're going to shine our lights on the NBA bubble experience. And it doesn't have to be just basketball moments. You and I, uh, we tend to do these drafts where we don't really make a rubric for each other. We just right. put it together on we our own. Let it rip. Yeah, and we think differently. So we throw different things out. And I can't wait to see what you, uh, what you conjured up because my list is ridiculous. So it's going to be a yeah. lot of fun. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do our best to try to recap every single moment that happened in the bubble that's worth remembering, and uh, we're going to do it in draft form. But first, Michael Porter Jr. All right, Tay, let's get into this. Uh, I have a feeling this is going to take a very, very long time because I'm doing the math. We're, we're going to have 20 picks in this draft, and, uh, you know, I, I imagine we're going to talk more than a few minutes on each pick. So mm. crunching the numbers, this is probably going to be a long podcast, so let's just dive right into it. Uh, with the, the ground rules, you said we have different rubrics all the time, so is there anything we need to say at the top to set the stage? I don't really think so, right? I, I, I think the only thing we have to say is as simple as this. If it happened in the bubble, then, yeah. that, then it can be counted. Towards this whole draft, you can draft anything that occurred, any uh, any person that introduced himself to the bubble. That, can that I is stop? What I'm can I uh, just 
call you out before you do it. Uh, I, mm. I want to caution you against your, your move when we did the last dance draft of characters. And you're like, my number one pick, the entire Jordan family. My number two <laughs> pick, <laughs> the, 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 the Chicago Bulls from the mm. 1990s. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so Michael I, Jordan and all of his teammates. <laughs> all of his teammates. Like, we were drafted characters from the last dance. You were drafted like every pick was like 12 characters. Uh, so uh, – Let's try to let's try to lock in on specific moments. Let's not try to do like I'm gonna pick the entire Western Conference uh, side of the bracket. Mm, <laughs> or mm, mm. I'm taking the entire month of September as my pick, as my moment. Let's do it. Let's do, it. Let's do, it. <laughs> do you need time? It looks like you, you gotta look on your face like fuck, I gotta change my list here. <laughs> no, I, I mean I have an answer and I'm honestly I can't believe or I, I'm excited to see what your response right. will be to my number one draft pick. And it's All gonna right, be I, I'm gonna let you go first. Yeah, you can you can kick us off. Go yeah, of course. Cause look, I'm not going to take everyone in the NBA playoffs. I'm not going to take all 22 teams that were in the bubble. I'm not going to say all 100 and some odd days that they were in the bubble. I'm going to take one specific, specific moment, which happened to happen in the bubble, which happened on the set of TNT. Uh, it happened at halftime, mm-hmm. and it happened with our guy, Charles Barkley. And he posited the question to the panel around him, and he said, can the players see the fans? And... Uh, <laughs> And and everyone looked at him like, what, Charles? And he said, you know, the, the, the virtual fans that they have up there, can the players see those people? They can't, right? And then, you know, Shaq, his response, he says, oh, my God, Auburn.com, AuburnEducation.com. <laughs> uh, Charles Barkley gets mad. He says, it's not a dumb question. Uh, but, of course, you know, there are screens, as Ernie points out. There are screens, Charles. You, you can see the virtual fans on the screens. Uh, and that is my number one bubble moment because – that was the best question that Charles Barkley could have asked. It was such a uh, beautiful moment uh, mm. talking about how weird we are, uh, the, the virtual experience of basketball at this point in 2020. So my number one draft pick, Charles Barkley, Barkley asking the question, can the players see the virtual fans? It seems, and yes, they can. It seems absolutely stupid in retrospect. It was stupid at the time, let's be honest, as you say, because like he was called out for it. At but the it was time. so but genuine. At the same time, it, it was, was genuine here. because like <laughs> – all of us watching didn't necessarily like we all knew the players could see the fans, but I, I would say initially when the bubble started, you see the virtual fans. I think everybody watching had like questions about it. Like how, mm-hmm. how is this working? Who are these people? What <laughs> are you, they people? Yeah. Are they people? You did the virtual fan experience and you talked yes. about it on the podcast. Cause I was so fascinated. I was like, how do you log in? Like, what do you, what, what the whole process was just so <laughs> weird. The virtual fan thing. Uh, one of the best takes I had in this entire bubble was out of the gate. I did not like the virtual fans. I said mm. very early, I was like, it's, it's interesting as a virtual fan taking it yeah. personally, but continue. Yes. <laughs> at the very start, I was like, yeah, this is interesting. I like that. They're trying to keep the fans tied in, but I'm going to hate this by the end of the book. And I, mm. and I turned out to be right. And I think most people would agree with that. Right. <laughs> like maybe you didn't hate it, but like at the end, I mean, every, every game, did it matter? The end of it, That's yeah, the did, question. Yeah, like, did it, it have any influence? No. It seemed it seemed ridiculous by the end that they were still doing it, but uh, yeah, it was corporate, and it and it was a it, the reason why I thought it was so pure because it definitely was like something Barkley had heard people saying, you know, like yeah, was, he was probably had heard people say, well, can you see the court like from your position, you know, as a virtual yeah. fan, like you know, what does your screen look like looking out the other way, not the other way of the question, but it, it just was beautiful. I will say uh, the the technology exists that you could put the he's only like 98% stupid with that because like the technology does exist that you can put the fake fans up that 
where the players can't actually – I mean, they were, they were like, you know, they were superimposing yeah. the logos on the court. The logos exactly. that were on the court weren't actually on the court. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm sure you could have done – but still, that's a – It's that's the first down marker, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, right, right. If you know, but you know. still, that was that was pretty bad, Charles. All right, that's a good that's a good uh, start to the to the draft. I, I like that one. All right, my number one is uh, I, I feel like this is what I'm going to remember most about the uh, well, maybe not. I don't know, but this is how I feel right now. We're less than a week removed from a title being a champion being crowned in this thing. But I feel like this is going to be my enduring memory from the bubble. And it is Lou Williams going to a strip club <laughs> to get wings <laughs> and jeopardizing his eligibility, his team's eligibility. Like, cause at the time, remember no one quite knew what the protocol was. You knew they had to quarantine, but like, you didn't know if he was going to be sick. You didn't know if he was going to go back and like, is he going to follow quarantine? Is he going to get someone else sick? And uh, I, I don't know the, the, all the question marks and and the the, uh, the fact that he left the bubble to it, he was attending what is his grandfather's funeral I believe mm-hmm. that was, was why a, he left the bubble yeah family matter very serious issue very sad situation uh, and then he on the other end of the spectrum he chose to use his time going to the strip club uh, how how he was discovered was funny or how it was revealed that he was there was a uh, what was the rapper's name? I forget the guy's name. Some some rapper dude was po- posted him on the. Yeah, I can't remember who it was, but yeah, I can't keep. You know, you know. I, don't <laughs> it, it, I just like the, the nickname rapper. that came out of it, Lemon Pepper Lou. Uh, Lemon Pepper that, Lou. That can't uh, be top. And then I love that. Uh, I, re- I I had to look this up because I I had a vague memory of it, but uh, there was a fan that just defended him on Twitter that was like, Lou Williams goes there all the time. He really does just go there for the food. Yeah, it's a they country great club wings. for him. Yeah. It's a country like it's not that serious, y'all. Whatever. And then Lou Williams quote tweeted that fan and said, leave it alone. Just enjoy the memes, LOL, which was mm-hmm. <laughs> fantastic. And we did enjoy the memes. I felt like when the bubble started, these sorts of stories were going to keep popping up left and right. Guys were going to sneak out. Women were going to sneak in. It was just going to be a, just an absolute nightmare. It didn't really happen. And in the end, we might get to another moment later. But this was like kind of the defining like I, – I knew somebody was going to do it. I knew somebody was going to do it. Thank you, Lou. For, for helping me remain or, or keep the faith in NBA players because I knew one of you was going to do it. Yeah, so, as, as the players would say, they were real. That was a real mm-hmm. moment, right? You know, Lou was yeah. doing what real players do, and he went to Magic City, and the rest is history. So great number one pick. Those are two great number one picks. Uh, I love that. My number two pick is a basketball play, and I think it was my favorite play uh, of the entire tournament just because of the reaction of the man who hit the shot. And that man was a bubble breaker here on mm-hmm. this podcast and his name is OG Ananobi mm-hmm. and it was the inbounds pass from Kyle Lowry it was the Nick Nurse play that he took from Hubie Brown it was OG Ananobi hitting a three with five tenths of a second left on the clock probably going to get swept by the Celtics I would say if they lost this game and went down 3-0 seemed like the Celtics were pretty much running them in the series they ended up winning the, ga- the series in seven games but mm-hmm. OG Ananobi cold-blooded has basically no reaction hitting the shot it was a beautiful basketball play. It was perfectly ex- executed in the clutch. And it also solidified the fact that Brad Stevens is officially on the fraud power rankings. And uh, that was great to see. Nick Nurse had a great moment. So there it is. OG Ananobi, number two pick for me. That's a good one. Uh, it, it turned a series. Yeah, like you said, it was going to be 3-0. And mm-hmm. then he hits the shot. and it, The series ends up going 7. It ends up being a great series. Uh, if that shot doesn't go down, it's probably not a great series. No. Not a great series works. at all. Not a great series at all, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, yeah, I, I wonder also, man, it is crazy. Like two shots, how they, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting a little too deep here, but I just like, I'm thinking like the Raptors probably, well, 
who cares? Never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> so, like, like, what would we be saying about the Raptors if he doesn't make that shot? Maybe the Raptors get swept by the Celtics. Maybe the narratives about like, I, I don't know, just the way things people, are. People are about, saying blow them up. Yeah, yeah. Blow they get swept up, by like, the Celtics. It was all Kawhi. He just carried mm-hmm. them. He carried mm-hmm. these trash ass bombs to a title. Like whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's all. But then you look at last year, you could kind of sort of say the same thing about Kawhi's shot falling against the Sixers. What if that doesn't fall? Maybe the, you blow up the Raptors. I don't know. Are you saying, Mark Tennis, that you, have to, shots shots. Yeah, you have to make saying. shots? Yeah, you have to make shots, Dave. Okay, all right. You have to make shots. That checks out. All right, my number two is I'm not ready to I'm not ready to get to encore moments yet. I don't think. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I decided to steal that one because I no, I don't think I'm ready. Close yeah, to my no, heart. I, I I have a lot of encore moments on my big board here, but I I'm still. I, I got to go number two with the shotgunning beers battle between Myers Leonard and JJ Redick and others. Uh, the, or that, this was early on. The NBA players arrive at the bubble. It's it, There's a lot of uh, questions as to like, what the hell is even going on with these guys? What are they up to? <laughs> what, 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 what is it? What is the bubble? We hear bubble, but what does that mean? What does that look mm-hmm. like? What are the guy, what's the day to day look like? And Myers Leonard was like, I'll show you. And he shotguns Coors Light. Was was he first or was JJ first? I think it was I, Myers was first. Was, yeah, and then, and then yeah, I think it went from there. And anyway, it became a thing for like three days. Guys were just shotgunning beers left and right. And then this this was before the games actually started. So. This is what I like to call the bubble bliss period, where all yeah. the guys got inside the bubble. They were in, entrenched in the idea of Disney's magic. They were all like, "This is fun. I'm by the pool. I'm fishing. Yeah, I'm chugging they're on beers. Vacation. I'm playing. Yeah, they're yeah. on vacation. And yeah. then it it turned into work around mid August if you were there. Yeah. But during this period of time, everyone like B, JJ's doing a podcast. He's like, I just launched a podcast network. Like he's in the middle of a bubble experience it was great it was this beautiful happy time it was the summertime ah ah i remember it fondly what a period but myers leonard probably won this out right yeah he he did yeah he he proved he was like central illinois everyone's like that guy wins (laughs) (laughs) yeah he he definitely won i think uh i think he shut it down i don't think he did go first i think someone else i don't but i don't think jj went first either god we're leaving out somebody i think i think someone else went first i forget who it was Mm. Uh, but it doesn't matter. It was the whole shotgun thing because I remember Myers Leonard. Myers Leonard's the one who did the. Did he do the over the head? He did over the head in this yeah. room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think his was a response to someone else. You're right. And then he he killed his. And then at that point, I think it shut it down. JJ was, was in a cold tub. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> God, that feels like three years ago. It really does. It really uh, does. That's my number two pick, though. Go ahead. Well, that's going to segue into my number three pick. I'm going to get back off the basketball court and go to a man by the name. Well, I'm going to go to Bag, something that we know well in this program. But I'm talking cornhole this time, and I'm talking about Chris Paul. And <laughs> Chris Paul played cornhole with Shea Gojus alexander and Darius Paisley, two young guys. And he basically – this is all on video. They're masked up. This is early on in quarantine. He beats them. He rubs it in their face. He lets them know that he is the bag god, the bag champion. And then later on, I mean, in that, you know, I think it was the same day, maybe even he goes on to hit the shot in overtime over Austin Rivers uh, and SGA hit a big three to get that game into overtime. Mm -hmm. So just that day span, you're probably going to say this is too expansive, but the Chris Paul cornhole experience leading into the big shots that he makes in games with those same said players. (laughs) That is my number three draft pick. Uh, for bubble experience because the 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 <laughs> the competitive nature that they that they created by throwing bags together Chris Paul said this is how you win and then he executed on the basketball floor it was all one to one in one experience so the CP3 experience is my number three pick that's what I would say I don't I, CP3 I, I, I'm gonna cornhole veto this experience. I think you gotta you can take the Chris Paul cornhole like you no, can't no, take, no, no, you, no. Can't, you, you can't no. take all lead, Chris lead, Paul. 
no, leading into the shot over Austin Rivers specifically and <laughs> and the assist to SGA in the corner for three that led to overtime. In and the, uh, and the uh, uh, game seven against the Rockets, arguing with the refs and, yeah. and getting, you know. The, the, the CP3 experience, but specifically these two these two passes and sh- one, sh- one shot, one pass, <laughs> and, a few, and a few cornhole tosses. And to bring it back to Byers Leonard, as soon as they posted this cornhole game, ESPN did. This is back in whenever – july or june whatever or i guess it had to be a july july mm. you know eighth is when they got there i guess so in july uh myers leonard responded was like i'll challenge anybody to bags and uh just like myers leonard was there for the games i think myers leonard had who, who's better at games I, tyler zeller or myers leonard because those two guys came down there to play i can't believe uh, we haven't had this discussion yet but who had the most fun in the bubble mm. I, we, we should have come up with that Taco Fall Power had a lot of fun. Of the guys who had, yeah, the time of their lives. Myers Leonard might be there. Every time they showed him on the – because uh, Taco Fall did have fun, but Taco Fall did not uh, get to go to the NBA Finals. Myers Leonard mm-hmm. was on an NBA Finals team. You're right. Uh, every time they cut him on the bench, he's he's just like – he's in like his Tom Crean <laughs> stance, like on the sideline, like clapping as hard as he can. Mm-hmm. Anyway – that was your third pick. All right, you, you took Chris Paul's entire career as your yeah, number yeah. three. Chris Paul. <laughs> I, I just took Chris Paul. Drafted Chris Paul. All of Chris Paul <laughs> is your your uh, number three pick. All right, my number three. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta start sprinkling in some basketball, some actual basketball here, because I got. Mm-hmm. I got Lou Will getting wings, shotgunning beers. All right, I'm gonna go with uh, the. I, I think this counts. Is this too expensive? If you're going to do the Chris Paul entire run, then I'm doing the Jamal Murray versus Donovan Mitchell rivalry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The one-to-one. Just that that series. Yeah, the Nuggets. But specifically those two guys. Not the series. Those two guys going mano-a-mano. Jamal Murray in this series averages 31.6 points, 6.3 assists, 5.6 rebounds. He shoots 55% from the field. He shoots 53% from the three-point line. He has two games where he scores 50 points. One of the best series, just that specific series from Jamal Murray was one of the best series that any player put forth in these playoffs. And he might have been the second best player in the series because Donovan Mitchell averaged 36 a game, five assists, five rebounds. He also shot like 50 and 50 from the field. Um, he also had two 50-point games, Tate. Uh, the, the series goes to seven games. The Jazz uh, – there's the other wrinkle that, that uh, Donovan Mitchell – uh, balls out in the first game. It's not enough. It goes to overtime. Jamal Murray wins. Yeah. Then Videos he films. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he films Donovan Mitchell eating afterwards. Like Donovan Mitchell he's looks like, like we he's, just beat him. He looks like Urban Meyer <laughs> on the golf cart eating the pizza, just sad. And he's like, yeah, we beat him. How funny is this? And then Donovan <laughs> Mitchell turns around, wins three straight, and it's like, oh damn, he he's awoken the beast. Mm. But then not so fast. The Jazz blow the three-one lead. The series comes down to Mike Conley at the buzzer. Uh, if it goes in, the Jazz win. If it doesn't, the Nuggets win. It rims out, sadly. Um, anyway, it was a great series. Great, great, uh, uh, two great players. Like, and, and to give you context, by the way, I, I, I have no idea what these stats mean, but I know people, especially NBA people, love advanced stats. They love – they're big-time mm. stat nerds. So, uh, Murray and Mitchell in this series both had games where their game score on basketball reference was 45 or higher. I don't know what the hell that means, but, <laughs> yeah. like – <laughs> but it's uh, but it's a stat it's a stat that exists okay yeah. so donovan mitchell in game one his was 45 point something and jamal murray in game four is 45 point something to give you context tate lebron james has played seven thousand playoff games he has never once had a playoff game score on basketball mm-hmm. reference of 45 
He's never once. So according to their algorithm, uh, you're, so big you're algorithm saying LeBron guy. is not the goat. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Okay. You're, you're a big algorithm <laughs> guy. According to the basketball <laughs> reference algorithm, uh, both of these guys in this series alone, each of them had one game that's better than any of LeBron James best games in his playoff career. I will say that both of them in this series look like Michael Jordan light where they were like spinning off of the center, uh, like defenders in midair. Like I remember Donovan Mitchell one time literally did a 360 to a kick out to the, to the corner for three. And I was like, what is happening right now? And then same with Jamal Murray. They're just like, and then we joked about how it was like every Jamal Murray was like, Jerry, Jordan, Jamal. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean? it's like only three guys are in this, the category. They were too so good. I, honestly, yeah. they were too good because it started to by game seven, it started it, to get it made suspicious. you think it made yeah. you think that this like didn't count. Like you were like, this should not be actual Something's playoff going basketball. On. Yeah. The ball is juiced, like the rims are slightly bigger. Like it, the shooter's it, gym. The analogy I threw out rims. I remember was uh it's like you're watching every year the swimming with the Olympics and and there's always every record's always shattered, and Michael Phelps is like shattering his own record that he shattered. You just you're just like how is this possible? How do you keep like shattering these records? Yeah, and that's what I felt watching this series where it got to be too good. They were too good, and you're just like this is comical. Something fishy's going on here. But anyway, and the the worst part about it, I felt like over time, just because the Nuggets did it again against the Clippers, and everybody was watching that Clippers series, it felt like the Jazz series gets forgotten about how great it was because, like you said, Donovan Mitchell. I mean, they were ridiculous, and the Jazz are a team that people should talk about as a contender next year if they can piece it all back together Dude. because. You want to talk about making shots. Mike Conley makes one shot. (sighs) Everything. Maybe maybe the Nuggets need to blow it up, Tate. Mm. Maybe the, you know. But now the Nuggets are the scrappy team that that made it to the Western Finals, and they're got to make shots. That's the lesson we're learning. (laughs) Um, All right, that's my number three. Your number four pick. My number four pick uh, was a moment that uh, you said two greats as you were talking about the last two guys, and I think both these guys are two greats, but in their own way. And one of the reasons why Russell Westbrook is great is because Russell Westbrook is unwavering in the sense that Russell Westbrook never breaks. He never breaks his confidence. And I think if he ever does break his confidence, his career is probably going to be over. So down 29 points against the Los Angeles Lakers. (laughs) 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 He looked over to LeBron James, arguably, you know, one of the greatest of all times. Some would say the GOAT. And he says, y'all better double me. Down 29 <laughs> points. And LeBron did one of the greatest things. Like, you know, the, the Jordan iPad moment was big this year as far as, like, laughing somebody off. And he's laughing off Gary Payton. Russell yeah. Westbrook says this, and LeBron in the game is just like, bro, what is, what is happening here? You're down 29. But Russell Westbrook, unwavering confidence, as I said. It was a great moment, a great comedic relief, you know, that we all needed in this series because they were going at it. And the Lakers were obviously the better team. Um, but there you go. My number four pick. Y'all I'm not. I'm not going to draft this. So I'll, I'll just spoil it and say that you can take this if you want it. This mm. this as well. But I want to reference this because it's uh, it's relevant to what you're saying. Let's not forget that Russell Westbrook also <laughs> w- got into a fight with Rajon Rondo's brother, who mm. called him trash from the stands, <laughs> and then Rondo's brother <laughs> got ejected. And then you find out that Rondo's like, I guess people already knew this, but like most of America then found out in that moment when it was like, yeah, that's Rondo's brother. And then you're kind of like, why is Rondo's brother in there? And you're like, oh, he's the barber that's cutting everybody's hair. <laughs> <in the bubble." laughs> it's like a backdoor deal for Rondo's brother yeah. to make money in the bubble. Yeah, it's pretty genius. And the whole, uh, the whole yeah, the whole and, thing is. is and great. then yeah. Westbrook yelling like uh, at the little kids that are watching the game. You know what I mean? <laughs> that were sitting there like as if they're real fans in the crowd, like cussing. Uh, yeah, but also Russell Westbrook on the way out, like we mentioned in the last episode, $8,000. Mm-hmm. 
to the staff that served him so well. So there's, there's what can a you say? Yeah. Still a good guy. Russell Westbrook. Be a good, good guy, guy on the way you. out. It's it's yeah. that's that's like the diet version of LeBron uh, leaving Cleveland for the second time, and then starting a school in Akron on the I, way out. So I did not bring. <laughs> I did not bring this up on the last episode because I was like, there's no point. But he did mention Ohio in his speech. Yeah. Did you find, Did you enjoy that? Yeah. Do you, I, think, do you think as an Ohio person, like as a Cleveland person, you're like, uh-huh. oh, thanks, LeBron. Like, no, thanks. I this is I I am on an island in this because I don't I don't hate LeBron at all. But I no, of course not. I am one of the few people from Ohio, and I consider myself from Ohio. I lived there for a very long time. I paid taxes there. It counts. Mm. Uh, I own property there. That counts. I don't think Cavs fans and Ohioans should be cheering for LeBron necessarily. I like it's it's like a the weirdest vibe. Like it, the the guy comes back. He says, I could live anywhere in the world and I'm choosing to come back home. I'm coming home. I'm coming. I'm going to bring a title to Cleveland. And yes, he does bring a title to Cleveland. I think that's the only reason people aren't like super pissed at it. But man, there are so many like I feel like I'm the only guy that has anything to do with Ohio that's like I do I, like LeBron a lot, but like I don't understand how all of Ohio rallies behind the guy. No, he stabbed I, you in the back twice. I have a theory. I have a theory that in Space Jam Two, Moron Mountain is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like yeah. <laughs> that's just the story. He's like, I have to play here until I bring them a championship, and he finally yeah. does. Uh, the the whole coming back is like was built on a lie, and and, and <laughs> I I don't know. I I don't whatever. It's just it's just like so no, bizarre. He, to me. he came back for a ring. That's like what have it was. a backbone, Cavs fans. Like I don't need you to be burning jerseys in the streets and having death mm. i don't want all that but i just want it to be like no screw that guy he doesn't play for us i want to beat him now instead of just like yes thank you sir thank you for kicking our <laughs> thank you for decimating our franchise by leaving on a whim and yeah i don't know <laughs> that's a sad state of affairs of cleveland sports if you won one title and everyone's like hey yeah, it's, we don't we don't just, care just remember we were all witnesses that's all we i remember all to it. We, we all saw it all right, Russ demanding a double team down by 29 points is your number four pick. Great uh, pick. I'm going to go with my number four. Let's see here. I'm going to look at the big board. Oh, yes. I got to go with uh, Lucas shot to beat the Clippers. Mm. See, the I'm, I'm very happy that's in our top five because yep. I was going to pick at five if we didn't have it in our top five because that was probably the biggest moment, I would say. But, go, but go, yeah. great pick, great pick. I, I'm picking that uh, at game four of the first round. Uh, the, the Mavs are down two to one. So it's, you know, game four is always the big game in series because it's the way the math shakes out. It's either three, one or two, two. Take, you see how that works. Uh, game goes to overtime. Luca, as a reminder, has a sprained ankle. He. Uh, this is also his first game against the Clippers since Montrez Harrell called him a bitch ass white boy, and then uh, Ernie Johnson said the phrase "bitch ass white boy," and then people took "bitch ass white boy" Ernie Johnson saying it, synced it to Montrez Harrell, and it's like the funniest clip that came out of the bubble. But yeah, uh, Luca hits the shot to win at the buzzer. Is a true buzzer beater. We love those. Uh, it wasn't just a game winner; it was a true buzzer beater. But it also capped off a forty-three point, seventeen rebound, thirteen assist, triple double for Luca Doncic. He had seven turnovers, but turnovers are an illusion. They don't actually count. They're mm-hmm. just. Mm-hmm. They're a social construct. Nobody cares about those. Yeah, so it, it was it was a great performance against a team that at the time everyone thought was a title favorite, if not the title favorite, and it tied the series up and uh, it got everyone excited. And then the Clippers ended up winning the next two, and it was irrelevant, but whatever. And th- at the moment, it was like, oh my god, this is this is the moment of the bubble. Yeah. And I thought I think it showed everyone or showed the world that the Clippers were actually vulnerable, like they could lose a playoff game. It kind of broke the seal yeah. uh, on the Clippers as a team. And uh, I was going to say the other Luka moment that really got everybody riled up was when he threw the bu- between the legs bounce pass. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, and that got that got like James Harden fans fired up. I mean, Luca had 
an entire run where everyone was talking about Luca, and then he hit that mm-hmm. shot, and it was like, oh, mm-hmm. Luca's here. Luca's an MVP caliber player. Still, just uh, nice. So yeah. MVP. It was, it was how? Uh, how? undeniable. Like we don't know. Like, when, when how do you say it? Like when when if if you're fast forwarding 20 years and we're doing like a a, a look back on the, the career of Luka Doncic, that shot, no matter how great he becomes and how many of those awesome shots he hits, mm-hmm. that is going to be his Jordan over Elo type shot. Yeah, yeah. his like, first is, one. Yeah, yeah, that's his first one. That is the one that'll make the highlight reel. No matter how many he has, that one is definitely going on it. And uh, I think everyone knew that in the moment, so it made it. That's what made it cool too. And he got the ultimate bang from Mike Breen. Like Mike Breen, he saw that moment. Was it said, a double bang? It, I, I mean, it, it was so. It, it was a a deep, emphatic bang. I don't know if it was bang bang, <laughs> but it was one strong, strong. It was a bang, bang from down deep in the, <laughs> yeah. the loins. The loins. Exactly. The loins. Mike Breen brought that thing up from the loins and just up through his chest mm. <laughs> with his bang. <laughs> What a God bang. Damn God damn it. Uh, all right, number five for you. Number five, it is the beard himself, the guy I just brought up when comparing to Luka Doncic. And he is a man that in game seven in round one, it was the Oklahoma City Thunder versus the Houston Rockets. It was Chris Paul, old school point guard philosophy mm-hmm. versus Mike D'Antoni and James Harden, Maury Ball. And James Harden makes a defensive play to win game seven in round mm-hmm. one. He block- It's an ASU, Sun Devil and Sun Devil crime. He blocks Lugensdort for three. Lugensdort recovers the basketball. He says, oh, I'm going to make the smart basketball play like Chris Paul taught me. I'm going to throw it off his leg and get the ball back. James Harden said, ha-ha, I have once again beaten the game and beaten the system. I dodge. Mm-hmm. Uh, he dodges the ball, goes between his legs. Turnover, Rockets win. James Harden has the defensive moment he needs to prove, yes, I am a champion. I am going to round two. And Which- it was needed. I thought it was a great moment for James Harden. So that's my number five pick. James it was Harden, a great the moment. Dodge, the block was, and dodge. It was also everyone who uh, took that moment and said, "See, James Harden does play defense." <laughs> Not quite. But. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I didn't really understand that because, like, James Harden, his ability to jump up and stick his hand up and contest a shot was never the issue mm-hmm. when we talked about James Harden defensive abilities. Mm-hmm. It was like getting in a stance it was (laughs) playing help side defense it was like understanding schemes like these were the problems that people have with james Harden defense not like hey the guy you're guarding is about to shoot the game winner try to block it can james Harden jump let's find Mm -hmm. out there it is i guess you can jump Mm -hmm. suck it haters (laughs) like that was never (laughs) but uh nonetheless the fact that i i the irony is not lost on me that james Harden, a man who uh is is told he sucks at defense and that is like the big hang up with him makes a defensive stop to win the game in game seven. Yeah. So that was awesome. I loved, I loved his uh, like primal scream though, after he blocked the shot, the, yeah, that he was, he was like one from nine from the three point line. He had 17 points. He was playing very, very poorly. Lugans Dort was outplaying him by every measure uh, in this game in game seven, mm-hmm. but he blocked the shot and that gives him the right to let the scream out. And that was cool. So. And it was perfect because, like we said, he he everyone in the bubble was looking for validation or vindication, and that was his moment of vindication. He was like, "I was right. I beat OKC. I beat CP3." Mm-hmm. And yeah, it didn't last very long. They won Game One against the Lakers. They had a nice high, and then it was all over. But James Harden did it. He stopped Lugan Stewart. With my number five pick, I I have been deferring to you. I've been I've been waiting for you to take it because I felt like this is your pick, but. Mm. Uh, you don't want it. I I have to take it. I can't take I can't it. Let it. I can't let it slide anymore. I am I am picking with my number five pick the juiced ponds mm-hmm. uh, inside the bubble. Something that you predicted on this program 
again, this takes us back to the early, what, what did you say earlier? What was the phrase? The bubble, the like the bubble bliss bubble, period, bubble yes. bliss period. Yes. Mm-hmm. This was bubble bliss when the guys were thought they were on vacation uh, and they're all fishing and Luca's out there uh, ripping lips and, and holding up his bass that he's catching. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Paul George is out there too. I forget all the guys that were fishing, but uh, everyone's holding up the fish they're catching, all the large mouth they're catching. And they're massive. And you're massive. and and you called it out. You're like, I think they're juicing the pond. I think they're putting like bigger fish in here just to get these guys' confidence up. Sure enough, we get confirmation during one of the games, during one of the broadcasts, it is pointed out that Adam Silver himself <laughs> <laughs> went out and bought went out and just bought a bunch of bass and released them into the pond so that these guys could uh yeah. Could Which begs them. the question, if they're if they're willing to rig the ponds. Yeah. What yeah. else are they willing to rig? Yeah. Will, okay. will, will, will they rig cornhole? Yeah, no I don't know. That's, no that's all yeah. I'm saying. Come we have on. so much evidence of the NBA rigging shit. We have Tim Donaghy <laughs> coming out and saying, yes, we rig everything. And then, like, if you have the audacity to say, you know, I think the NBA, I think sometimes the refs favor certain players or certain certain teams get certain calls. Everyone's like, no, hang on a second. Mm-hmm. Do you have any evidence of that? Yeah, great point. The uh, if they're willing to do that to the ponds, what uh, what else are they willing to do? But yeah, that's my pick. That's number five for me. Well, I'm gonna go off that because I would not let this guy be in my top five. That's why I hadn't brought up the ponds. But he is the sixth man of my ten person draft, and his name is Ben Simmons. And mm. Ben Simmons picked. He was up- in the bubble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's how this is. This is absolutely during bubble bliss period. This may have started bubble bliss period, or maybe the dominoes to the end of a Sixers era that we all. I guess new in love, but now it's over because we're on to Glen Rivers. But it all started with Ben picking up a fish, looking at the camera with a little smirk on, and mm-hmm. everyone's like, all right, just toss it back in the lake, Ben. <laughs> just toss it back in the lake, Ben. It'll be easy. I forgot about this. And I, I it is the most half-effort, half-assed toss you've ever seen. The fish just thuds to the ground. And that was basically the ho- the title chances for the Sixers in the bubble. The number <laughs> the six Sixers pick. got swept. Yeah, yeah. The Ben Simmons fish <laughs> toss. Fish he didn't even bo- play in the playoffs, right? He left the bubble and the Sixers get swept. And yeah, yeah. God, what a – the Sixers should have just left at that moment. The moment Ben Simmons missed – he misses the pond. <laughs> yeah, like there's always the joke he can't throw in the ocean. Ben Simmons literally could not throw it in the pond. And uh, you're in the NBA. You hate to see that. And that is my number six pick. Couldn't even be in my top five because it was so bad. Yeah. But number six, Ben Simmons. Oh, that's hilarious. I, I completely forgot about that. This is great. This is the, the, <laughs> it's this is burning the joy my of, mind. Yeah. This is the joy of this exercise. Is the, Whenever uh, I see the Ben Simmons, like Glenn Rivers wants to get rid of Ben Simmons with Philadelphia, I just think that he remembers that because everyone does. It was, it was, the, it was, it was too viral. This Bad is why we. Ben. This is why we need one shiny moments. Is we got to re- recap. <laughs> People are forgetting that all this happened. Uh, okay, my number six pick. Let's see here. Let me see. What do I got? I'm gonna go with. I don't know. Just any any of the Damian Lillard games. Just put him in a hat. Pick one out, and that's I'm taking. Okay. So my number three pick is CP3, and your number five or number six pick is Dame Lillard. No, no, I'm picking a specific game. I just don't care. I. I'll okay. leave it to it's dealer's choice. Pick whatever game you want. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm picking David Lillard's entire run. Um, how about his his pre playoff run? His like okay. How about those like last three games? I remember like he had the sixty point game. That was against the Mavs, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, 
the 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 game the Grizzlies in game was the last game the, gri- right? the Grizzlies game like the, mm-hmm. the I don't know just one of those I don't really care but um Let, let's say Grizzlies for Verno so it was the Grizzlies yeah, game right. that was the game that I always point to but Damian Lillard uh before the playoffs started before the the Blazers uh they won game one against the Lakers and mm-hmm. then dislocated was, finger people forget was, Dame yep. Lillard got hurt but before the Blazers were semi-swept out of the playoffs, uh, Dame Lillard, in, the, in just the pre-playoff games, in the seeding games, he averaged 37.6 points per game and 9.6 assists per game, Tate. Yeah, l- like we were saying earlier with the uh, Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell thing, like Damian Lillard was at that level where you, you almost couldn't believe what you are seeing. But at the same time, nothing made more sense than like Damon Lillard pulling up from 60 feet and hitting shot, you know, it's like basically at half court, just like bombing threes. And it, it makes it, it simultaneously melts your brain. How is he doing this? But also you're like, yeah, this makes complete sense because he's done this every single game. And mm-hmm. I've seen this a million times at this point. I kept hearing, this is the phrase of the media that he went in as an all-star and he left a superstar. Mm-hmm. That was the Jimmy Butler tag. I think that Dame Lillard did that. He, he went as an all-star left as a superstar. He had the NBA 2k 21 drop while he was in the bubble it was all things go, and then he had Charles Barkley declare that they were going to sweep the Lakers mm-hmm. uh, after they won Game One. Uh, which remember Shaq broke the broom and said, "Don't ever, don't ever disrespect Laker Nation." Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the Dame had remembered. a great bubble experience. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll shrink, I'll shrink it down to the final. I think it was like the last three games. Yeah, it was the Clippers after the Clippers clowned him because he missed the free throws. So mm. I'm gonna, that, that counts as a moment of just like mm-hmm. three game, a three the game Clippers stretch. clowning. Yeah. The Clippers clowning uh, Damian Lillard when he misses the free throws. Patrick Beverly's laughing at him. And then that unleashed the beast. And Damian Lillard, from, for those like next three games, were all must-win for the Blazers to even get into the playoffs. Just went absolutely – but people forget, by the way, that Karis LeVert had a shot at the buzzer to, to, mm. to knock the Blazers out of the playoffs. And uh, I missed it, but uh, still um, – yeah, I'm, I'm nobody wants Dame to Lillard. hear that. Everyone, everyone wants to just hear yeah. Dame Lillard. He did yeah. everything and he saved the day. So, Karis LeVert, shout out to you. But yeah, it basically was the end of Pat Beverly and the Clippers potentially. Also, uh, looking at the future right now, like mm. just think about that. Like if you had told someone at that moment that Pat Bev might not be the future point guard of the Clippers and Doc Rivers would not be the coach of the Clippers, they would say, "Wow!" After losing is, to the Lakers, that's what happened. They blew it up, and you're like. Just is wait. that when the wheels started to? Do you think that was the the turning point for the Clippers as well? Was Patrick Beverly laughing on the bench, I, and then that well, doomed I, the Clippers, and it also unleashed Damien? I don't know. Pff, Makes you think. It, it's in my what head because I, I think I have the moment when the Clippers were done, and uh, it started with the mystery that we have talked about for quite some time, and it of course is the Michael Porter Jr. mystery, mm. and it started with a Michael Porter Jr. dunk over Montrez Harrell. He basically did the Danny Green over Greg Paulus dunk where he just spreads mm-hmm. his legs, puts his nuts right in your face, and jumps <laughs> over you. Uh, Vince Carter was the only person to actually successfully dunk over somebody that way. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. threw this down. It be- you and I looked at each other when this happened. We're like, one, the Nuggets look like they could actually win this series. Or not the or yeah, the Nuggets look like they could be- win this series and beat mm-hmm. the Clippers. And then also, it just was, oh my God, Michael Porter Jr. is an actual legitimate player. We think... We think. We think. Uh, so that's my next pick, Michael Porter Jr. mystery. Also, part of the mystery, his dad being the only Nuggets fan. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So, so good. Uh, yeah, the Clippers, uh, 
uh, just to piggyback on you, Michael Porter Jr. mystery, and you're talking about the Clippers collapse. I just want to remind everybody how bad this collapse was, that the Clippers were up 3-1 in the series. They were up by 13 points in game five. As they're mm-hmm. up 3-1 in the series, they're up 13 points with a minute 25 left in the third quarter, Tate. The, the win probability, you, you're, again, you love algorithms. The algorithm said 94% win probability at that moment. Mm-hmm. 94%, and they choke it. But that's okay because game six, they're up 19 in the third quarter, Tate. Mm. 97% win probability. Mm-hmm. And they choked that one as well. But that's okay, Tate, because in game seven, they were up by 12 in the first half and 87% win probability. They also choked that. Yikes. Yikes yeah. times three. <laughs> well, exactly. But it also taught me a lesson. It always, it always used to be 10 points, you know, like you're trying to keep it within 10 points. And I think mm-hmm. that Jokic and Jamal Murray showed us that in the new NBA with how quickly you can score, it's 15 points or mm-hmm. less. So that was, you know, 15 to new 10. They kept it like 13, 12. And then they decided, all right, Jokic, you bring the ball up and you run our offense and you're unstoppable. And uh, it worked somehow. Speak, Montrose speak, Harrell couldn't stop it. Speaking of uh, Michael Porter, I don't, I don't love uh, relationship gossip. But in this, I'm going to make an exception in this case because mm. uh, we love Michael. We love all mysteries, Michael Porter. Are you aware mm. that he is apparently dating now some chick that was on The Bachelor, who uh, her dad is an assistant at Auburn? Is it the story goes? He's dating. I, I have not heard this at all. But <laughs> this, it, is not- this is this is the mystery. This is what we're talking about. Someone pointed this out to me. I looked at, I, I, I did like one Google search and I was like, I, I don't care to, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but at the same, cause I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not big on the relationship type gossip. No, mysteries. no, we, but we, at the we, same we, time, like, like if, if the, if the guy was an assistant under anyone else, but Bruce Pearl, I don't think I would care as much, but then I was like, Bruce Pearl, SEC, that that you have my attention. I, I, I'm not well, I'm not proud of it, but you have my attention. <laughs> what are the chances we get Michael Porter Jr. in an Auburn sweatshirt? That, that's the real. That's how you know it's. That's real. what I'm saying. Yeah, he yeah. he shows up to Auburn Missouri game and he's wearing an Auburn sweatshirt. Um, he comes on with Charles Barkley and he's like, "What's going on, my fellow Tiger?" <laughs> <My tight. laughs> it's like I guess it checks out. Missouri. Oh, the mystery continues. All right, let me see here. Where am I going with this? Um. um you know what? I'm going to go with this one. Uh, my my number seven pick, I am going with the mid-game interview Mike poll thing mm. that ESPN mm. was using. Um, I just – I feel like we didn't acknowledge this. I feel like uh, they, the, the fact that they kept with it throughout the entire run was absolutely hysterical. I, I Every time they would cut in with the uh, – it's the end of the first quarter. We're here with Brad Stevens. And and if it, I'll use Rachel Nichols as an example, she wasn't the sideline reporter the entire time, but uh, you know, like Rachel Nichols would be like, "We're here with Brad Stevens and Brad," and she would start asking the question. But like, as you say, we're here with Brad Stevens. Then the microphone would like swipe up, mm-hmm. and like being Brad Stevens' face. We never saw the guy who was holding the microphone. It was, you know, twenty feet long. So like the guy, the guy might have been outside the bubble to be honest with you. The way that thing was working. Um, but the whole thing was absolutely hilarious. They never backed down. Like that was like a protocol that was put in place. And you'd think at some point in this bubble experience, someone would have been like, all right, we're testing everybody a million times. Like some of the other protocols are going away, you know, like the sanitizer playing cards every time you touch them and no doubles ping pong. We like to laugh at those. Uh, those kind of fell by the wayside. Guys were kind of breaking protocol a little bit. But I'll be goddamn, ESPN stuck with it. They're like, we are not under any circumstances. I don't know. 
letting the coach touch the microphone? Like, yeah, what yeah, keep him away. Yeah, back up. They're just like, that's what it looked like. They're like prodding him away from the actual microphone. But uh, yeah. the, the whole experience with in-game reporting and, and the reporter itself, and I mean, they, they do their best to do a great job, but it always plays when we really want the full screen of basketball. Like they do it during the timeout, but then they play the interview to the side and they have the small screen of basketball. And it's always never at the right time. And you're always like, can we just get this over with? We get it. Frank Vogel yeah. wants everybody yeah. to, to, to want to know one more game. Let's get that. Uh, yeah, so that that's also an experience, but yeah, it it uh, I don't know, it became a talking point. So that that means it meant something, I guess. So that's yeah, part of this. yeah, the the yeah, as you said, the 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 in game interviews are always stupid, but yeah, there's there's just something about the poll that like it the the virtual fans in the poll just like every it, it never I never <laughs> got used to either one of them. I never mm-hmm. got used to either one of them. We we saw it for three months, and at no point was I like. You know, like the poll would come out and I yeah. wouldn't notice it and be like, that is so stupid that they're doing. I, I don't want that to be the new normal. You know what I mean? Yeah, if we're yeah, all please. trying to, if we're all oh, doing right. terms and conditions of the new normal, let's make sure we get that poll out of there. That's, yeah. uh, so, uh, yeah, that I'm, I'm picking that. So, all right, we got three left. This is going well. Go ahead. Your number eight pick, I guess. Yeah, my number eight pick is basically, I'm going to call it the Pat Riley Perch. Um, which mm-hmm. is basically whenever the Heat do anything of substance or anything good, there is a conversation about Heat culture. There is a shot to the bench of Eric Spolstra. There is a reminder that Eric Spolstra coached Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James. There's also a reminder that the Miami Heat were not supposed to be here this year. Mm-hmm. And then there's a cutaway to a man in a mask with the perfectly combed back hair looking down as if he is the godfather himself. And that is Pat Riley. And I feel like he dominated the bubble he dominated the conversation. He it was somehow able to commandeer the conversation in his favor, even though they did not win the NBA Finals. They got there. They basically were the the uh, if we're doing moral victories, the Miami Heat won the biggest moral victory. Pat Riley obviously does not do moral victories, but that's pretty much what we would say. He got the biggest boost from this whole experience, other than maybe Jimmy Butler. So the Pat Riley perching would be yeah, my yeah. number eight pick. Uh, he, it's so awesome that he had the mask on too. Like that made mm. look that it much was strong. Better, I I yeah, thought yeah. it made, yeah. He's like it Batman. Really it's like Bruce Wayne, like late in life, like looking yeah. down, like over Gotham. Like I don't remember him. He was never like talking to anybody. He was never, yeah. He's just sometimes he would have time. his wife next to him, but it was pretty much just him. Pat but he's Riley. just looking straight Harrison. ahead, yeah, with the yeah. mask on, the hair slicked back, and it just he had a presence about him that, uh, yeah, that's a great pick. I, I like that. Um, number eight for me. Uh, Hey, we got to throw this on there. I, 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 we probably should have said this earlier, but uh, you know, this was this was certainly a big moment in the thing. Uh, I would say the Bucks striking. Like mm. uh, everyone says, it was a boycott. I guess it was technically a strike uh, against the Magic, and then having the whole, basically, the whole league did not play games that day. Um, I'm picking that moment. That was something we've literally never seen before in the NBA. Uh, in the end, you can. I'll I'll leave it to the uh, the the Twitter eggs to argue about how, (laughs) how impactful the strike ended up being, whether, you know, mattered or not in the end. But the point is they did it. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a memorable moment for sure. It is, it is something we've never seen. It's something we will, uh, look back on or like, maybe there's a moment down the line in 10, 20, 30 years where like something similar happens. People will recall this moment and like the emotions that went through it and the decisions that went through it and the votes with the players and just that whole, 24 hour period of like, Oh my God, are they just going to end the whole bubble right now? And um, yeah, definitely, definitely worth uh, mentioning that as a, uh, as something that happened. In the bubble. Yeah. 
Exactly. And George Hill is probably the the main guy to point to because he was the one that was heavy on his heart when everything was going down back in Wisconsin. And he, you know, they had Sterling Brown from SMU that we talked about in this program that, you know, had his own incident personally. So the Milwaukee Bucks were tied to that issue. They made a a decision on their own terms to do this. And then shout out to the rest of the league and the rest of the players that they did the same in solidarity that day. And uh, Michael Jordan obviously stepping in to have a conversation with the players um, and trying to bridge that gap, that was really important. And, uh, yeah, it was a historical day. We we on this program, we joke a lot, and we like to have a lot of fun. But, like, w- when we write history books, those are days that will be discussed. And, yeah, and, and it really – I'm glad you said it. It is a historical day. So, like, even if you mm-hmm. want to be someone who argues that, like, what actually was accomplished by that, they played the next day, like, mm-hmm. does anybody – really care that they you know the ratings were down this year was anybody going to watch them whatever your your argument might be uh doesn't matter it was still a historical thing it's never happened before um in in, in the nba certainly so uh yeah it's 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 it was crazy (laughs) i don't know how else to put it i I remember yeah i remember exactly where i i genuinely do remember where i was where i saw the news so i don't know if that matters as much but like yeah i read i was like holy shit they're really just like not going to come out that's insane um so anyway that's uh that's my number eight pick yeah, and it changed the conversation, and definitely, uh, we it's it it's hard to like put that in a draft, but like, yes, that was like probably obviously the biggest seminal moment that happened. Uh, I, I don't the juice in the ponds is pretty big. <laughs> yeah, 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 be up there, but we'll see about that. No, yeah, uh, go ahead. <laughs> well, here's another one that's really going to be up there. Uh, going back to the TNT crew, uh, coming out of the first round, the Miami Heat are playing really well against the Milwaukee Bucks, and. You know, we hear the MIA, yo, we hear the drop playing. And Shaq asked the question to Ernie, and he says, you know, Ernie, who is that? And he goes, you know, it's Ricky Rose, Rick Ross. And uh, he drops the pin. It's this beautiful <laughs> moment, and it's just like, that's that's togetherness that we need. We need Rick Ross playing. We need the Heat playing good. We need everybody to know MIA, yo, 305, all the lingo. And Ernie Johnson nails it. For the regular guy at home that's a sports fan and Shaq mm-hmm. loved it and it was a beautiful moment and uh, that's number nine on my list there uh, and Ernie Ernie always delivers and he does it again there's nothing better than uh, when Ernie <laughs> understands certain references yeah like, exactly you're like yes yeah, yeah. Yes, and, and and Shaq and Chuck and Kitty just go absolutely nuts I, I saw uh, <laughs> what was the clip that that someone reminded me of today was uh, when Ernie said the phrase "I smash tricks" because <laughs> he's talking about a uh, he's talking about cereal and he's he's talking yeah, about yeah. his favorite cereals and he says like yeah I, I smash tricks and Shaq's face is like huh <laughs> it's so good <laughs> anytime they're yeah they're the best the cultural uh, divide like we and, said and there's two different cultures yeah. It's too difficult. Anytime there's the cultural divide or the the cultural coming together, either one, anytime there's like an acknowledgement that Ernie Johnson is not of the same culture as Shaquille O'Neal and Kenny Smith and Charles Barkley, but they could still get, I don't know. It's, it, it makes for the best moments. That's why that show's the best. God, what a great show. Yeah, um, I love that show. All right, here we go. I got two <laughs> picks left. You have one pick left. All right, you took oh, – still on the board. You took Michael Porter Jr. Um, I'm going to go with – I think i got to go with Daniel House. Okay. Yeah, I think that's I, fair. It, I feel like one of us did. Uh, that was going to be my yeah. pivot at number 10 if we if we didn't. But I think i got to go with Daniel House. I think, uh, <laughs> as I said, it was it, it's kind of in the same vein of the Lou Will thing. Um, what, just one of those things you thought was going to happen a million times in the bubble. It, did, it, it Maybe it did. We only heard about this one, though. That's the one that, that – got the news 
but but the timing of it made it funny too is that like the Rockets were it was the series was one to one at the time when this happened and then Daniel House was out for game three which like if you're a Rockets fan you say that he's a difference maker if you're a Lakers fan you point out that he scored zero points in game one so like it's not like the series swung on this but yeah still for our purposes we like to ham it up and make this a bigger deal than what it is we'll pretend like this potentially could have swung the series maybe the lakers don't win the title because daniel house <laughs> had an illicit mm. visitor mm. um that's that's how we'll describe that uh but then he he even then like he could have like quarantined and theoretically could have like stuck around and still play and he's like nah i'm out i'm just gone and he just leaves the bubble and is never seen again and and the bubble. So, uh, yeah, that that has to be on the list. That has to be yeah. on our list. Yeah, you talk about scandalous. That's the worst part of this. Uh, you know, there was the whole fallout uh, on the other side of, like, what's going on with Daniel House because it was, you know, such a scandalous story. But it was the only breaking of protocol. That's why it was such a big bubble story because you felt like we would have – I mean, it was basically Lou Will, Daniel House, and then, like, the other situations where, like, a Zion had to go home or Montrez Harrell went home. They were all understood because there were family reasons or whatever, mm. whatever have you. So – that was why it was such a big story, but uh, it's still crazy that it was kind of well. It uh, was it, it was done. The series was over by the time it happened, like you said. So it kind of just was like, okay, done with that. Move you on. Know, you know the guy who left the bubble. Uh, that I, I put this on my board as potentially drafting it. I don't think you're going to draft it, but uh, with your last pick, but uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely not. But we need to mention it. Is Rondo? Um, yeah. The way he finessed the bubble, I, I don't know why we didn't Genius. talk about this Genius. when uh, the Lakers won the title. This dude gets thumb surgery. Like, first of all, as soon as he gets to the bubble, he was one of the guys early on that was like, this place sucks. Mm-hmm. Get me out of here. I can't do this for three months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then coincidentally, a couple days later, like breaks his thumb or whatever, has to leave to get thumb surgery, does not return, misses every single seeding game <laughs> that the Lakers play in, misses the entire first round series against the uh, uh, Blazers. And then comes back in the second round of the playoffs, plays pretty well to the point that like the the playoff Rondo moniker makes an appearance and everyone's mm-hmm. throwing that around. And then the Lakers win the title. Played it absolutely beautifully. Rondo finessed the bubble in a way that that I think every player is jealous of, of what <laughs> he pulled off there. How long was he really there? Like a month and a half? Yeah, I think literally <laughs> about probably a month. And if you're Avery Bradley, you're looking at Rondo and you're like, why did I not just do that? You know, yeah. why didn't I just say? <laughs> I'm going to chill for the seeding games and then come in for the playoffs. Uh, speaking of Rondo, my number 10 pick is probably kind of boring, but it, I feel like they deserve it because they're the Lakers. And uh, Rondo was the one that made the pass. Game two, 103-102. The Lakers are losing to the Denver Nuggets, to Jokic and Jamal Murray, the team that's hot, the team that everyone's afraid of. And Rondo inbounds the ball to Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis takes a three. Mm. He was It was the checkmate moment, really, to say, hey, Jokic, Jamal Murray, you guys look unstoppable. But Anthony Davis and LeBron James are a little bit more unstoppable. And he hits the big three. They win the game. Uh, that pretty much sealed the series, in my mind, for the Lakers to, to get the edge over the Nuggets, takes them to a title. And uh, it's, it's a basketball play that I remember from the bubble. For yeah. sure, I feel like there was like the Lucas shot, the Anthony Davis shot, the Booker shot that was in mm-hmm. the the eight no bubble run. Those were the three that kind of stand out to me, and I think Davis obviously was the most impactful. So I uh, number ten pick Anthony Davis. Yeah, and and Anthony Davis, as we said in the, at the time, uh, he he did he hadn't had like a playoff moment. He hasn't had he even mm. been in the playoffs. I think. One, <laughs> I mean, yeah, a couple times, but yeah, yeah. But like no, no one remembered. Lost the, to the he, Warriors in six yeah, games. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, but. 
Anthony Davis didn't have his Anthony Davis moment, as we said, and and that provided it for him. So even as LeBron, it, it really just like showcased too the the how good both of those two guys are. That like LeBron balled out. That that would be the shame in this is like LeBron balls out in the finals, gets the finals MVP. I know Anthony Davis played pretty well, but he had he had one stinker of a game in the finals. He, uh, I mean, no, not where, even kidding. I thought that he got hurt in every game. Like, it's yeah, just sincerely. Yeah. So that the shame in this would have been that that all happens and like people look back on it as though like Anthony Davis was riding LeBron's coattails right when, when the reality is the entire season, it was like a, you know, a, a two man thing. And and there were times where all season, Anthony Davis looked like the better player. Maybe he was like, honestly, mm-hmm. I, I, you can make an argument that Anthony Davis was the best player on the Lakers this year. Um, so the fact that he got his playoff, moment, you could argue that Anthony Davis is the best American basketball player outside of period. the LeBron James, yeah. like universe, which sucks everybody else in, but like Anthony Davis could be considered the best player and you have an argument. I mean, he's definitely the best and most versatile defender because he played the five and yeah. the Miami heat were scared to lay the ball up against him, you know, at the end, like that, yeah. that's really the secret of game six. It was like Jimmy Butler and those guys drive to the basket. And they're like, where's Anthony Davis? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause I don't want to get blocked. And yeah. that says a lot about him. So. It's it's it, that's how he's always been. I mean, that's how he was at Kentucky. But everyone yeah. knew he was the best player at Kentucky. But he averaged what like twelve points or whatever. Like he he barely shot. He he wasn't he like sixth on the team. God, I, sh- I should have pulled the stat. No, he, I was like, gonna say the national championship game. He was horrible as far as an offensive yeah. standpoint. But he just won the game defensively, basically. I thought he was. Uh, if I remember right, I think Anthony Davis is like sixth or fifth or fourth. Some point is very very low down on the list on that 2012 Kentucky team of like shot attempts on the season. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't even really shoot, but he was by far the best player, not just on Kentucky, in the country. He's the best one and done we've ever seen in college basketball. Um, and yeah, it was, it was the same sort of vibe with the Lakers this year, except he actually was putting up numbers. But uh, he does so many things that, like, the Lakers had the best defense in, in the NBA. And it's not because, you know, KCP does great guarding guys. LeBron gets after it when he wants to, but let's not mm-hmm. kid ourselves. The reason the Lakers had a great defense is because Anthony Davis. So, yep. For sure. Anyway, all right. Let me round round this thing up. Let me see. I want to uh, go through my my board here. Uh, so I have you mentioned the Suns going eight. No, that doesn't count as a moment. I guess mm-hmm. I, I want we shout out Suns though. Nonetheless, uh, I have something Jimmy Butler, but I can't hone in on what the moment would be. I mean, like a, I'm I'm just proud of both of us for not picking big face big face coffee or whatever it was. Because yeah, I feel like the coffee thing. That, that that's disservice to Jimmy Butler's basketball to make it all about his coffee. And I know it's yeah. it's good because he's probably making money on that coffee eventually, but. For us, no. Jimmy, the, the Jimmy Butler moment I would pick would be I'm not going to, but I, if I did pick one, it, it might be like he squashed the TJ Warren beef for good. I think I think that's well, the, yeah, because Bubble TJ Warren was also yeah. my honorable mention, but yeah. he got squashed because Jimmy made it to the finals. Well, not not only did they sweep the Pacers in the first round, but if you remember uh, the whole TJ scoring thing mm-hmm. that was that started early in the bubble, that started because yeah. his first game he scored 53. Mm-hmm. And so that just inertia just kept going and he, he, he was playing well for like the first five games. And then guess when the, the breaks were hit on the TJ scoring narrative, it was when they played Miami yeah. <laughs> and he had like 12 points or something like that. And uh, yeah. And he got shut down. I'm talking in the, uh, the actual seeding games, they played Miami in like the seeding games. And then a couple, yeah, yeah. like a week later, the series started and then the heat. And Jimmy them. sat out the seeding game. He was yeah. like waiting for him in the playoff. <laughs> yeah. And I, I thought he was trying to duck TJ Warren, but he was like, yeah. he did the Rondo thing. He yeah. was like, yeah. I don't care about seeding games. Yeah. I care about the playoffs. So, so I think that be, uh, I'm not going to pick that Clippers. We kind of already touched on that. The buff, uh, let's see here. I'm going to go with, hmm, I want to do something fun. We need another <laughs> fun one. 
Um, how about Dwight Howard going to the DJ party alone? <laughs> Dwight Howard being the how about we That's a good sandwich, final one. Yeah. we sandwich the Dwight Howard bubble experience with like on day one <laughs> or two or three or whatever he's going to the dj party by himself the, the no NBA, mask on yeah. no mask on uh <laughs> the nba like how hires these djs to come play for the guys and they and in the nba's mind there's just going to be these big parties with all the players because the guys love the guys love going to clubs it's mm. it's got to be the music that they love right it's got that's got to be what it is it's not <laughs> It turns so, out that's Dwight. Turns that's, out, that's, that's what he's there for. Yeah, it turns out Dwight loves that. All the other guys at the NBA are like, no, Adam, that's not why we go to the clubs. Just yeah, for loud Especially music. if Dwight's there. And they're all yeah. like, yeah, definitely not that. Uh, so Dwight Howard goes solo to the thing. And then fast forward three months later, Dwight Howard wins a championship and he's on Instagram Live and he's uh, doing all the videos and he's crying and it's, it's a happy moment. And then he accidentally shows texts from his – girlfriend fiance wife whoever it is that he's uh kind of in a fight with uh that was kind of funny too but yeah dwight howard going to the dj party alone that that those first the bubble bliss era was so fun it was so fun those like for that first week when everyone's trying to figure out what the hell is this and by everyone i mean the players included and dwight howard thought that everybody was going to come to this thing dwight howard was very wrong yeah, he became the character of the bubble, I feel like. And he almost became beloved, but not fully embraced by the end of the bubble experience. It was kind of like, it feels very meta world piece where everyone's like, all right, you hit the three, Kobe yeah. passed you the ball. You know what I mean? Like LeBron let you be on a championship team. Good job, Dwight, but like like tone it down a little bit. He had bit. his moments on the court against the uh, Nuggets when he get in there. He hit a logo Jokic. three, yeah. which is a big yeah, F. Yeah. Like, a lot, like a lot of people don't understand that was an F you to Steph Curry. And I saw it. <laughs> And it was basically like even Dwight Howard can hit pull-up threes now. And I think the Warriors are coming back. Uh, that's going to be a big thing. But my, my last thing I forgot to bring up, Rondo versus uh, – Rondo's brother versus Jimmy Butler because Jimmy Butler refused oh, to get a haircut. that's right. Yeah. He refused to get a haircut. He was like, I will not get a haircut while I'm in the bubble, yeah. and it's because of Rondo's brother. Uh, that's what we just realized on this program. So that's my final one. That's my, that's my uh, plus one draft pick. My honorable mentions, uh, Lugitz Dort balling out in game seven you mentioned he yeah. got a shot block but i think we have to talk about you know he played great that. He, he played, played great, great before that the emergence yeah. of lugan's door and everyone just like just if you scroll through twitter it's just people saying dort over and over and over because they just can't mm-hmm. get over that the, the guy's name is dort and for one moment in time arizona state was on top of the basketball world and it's gone <laughs> it's gone uh rashawn holmes we forgot about this one, uh, where he's he took three steps over the line of the bubble and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to get Uber Eats, right? He That's was what getting it was. his Uber Eats order, <laughs> yeah. and he like took awesome. three steps over the line, and they're like, "Well, you're going to prison for two weeks or whatever." It was. Uh, I I got one more that we forgot. Michael Beasley. How about Michael Beasley came to the bubble? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Beasley put out a video of him working out with a bunch of young guys. Said, "I'm him," and it looked I'm like him. he was LeBron <laughs> yeah. James. Got signed to go to the bubble with the Brooklyn Nets. Got there and said, man, fuck this. Fuck and, then, <laughs> and then left the bubble. And then the Nets weren't that bad. Like yeah, We yeah. thought the Nets were going to be a disaster because they were signing. I mean, the Nets didn't Everybody. have their top eight guys, it felt like. And they were just signing anybody. And then they were not that bad. They were uh, – if, if, if uh, Karis LeVert hits the shot, they make the playoffs, right? Yeah, no. yeah. No, well, that's they, not right. No, they, they did made make the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah, they already they made, made the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were the seventh seed. Yeah, the Blazers had to win that game. That's what made yeah. it even better was that the, the, the Nets had nothing to play for, and they were still like, yeah. And, and Karis LeVert had like 30-something in that game and almost won it. Uh, how about uh, Jalen Brown and Ennis Cantor teaching Taco Fall how to swim? That was mm. 
I don't know if it actually worked, but they tried. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if Taco Fall knows how to swim, but they, the Celtics they are best. a very likable team. But you have to get yeah. past like you kind of have to dip your head all the way in. You can't just like wait in the water. You have to go ahead and like get on, get in, like actually yeah. swim around and see like, oh, these guys are all really likable separately. But you yeah. get blinded by the the, the big green the Celtics. Balls Celtics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The jer- the jerseys say Celtics. It's hard to look past that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. they're likable. They're Speaking of which, team. great great moments in Celtics basketball. Uh, we we didn't bring up Jason Tatum throwing the pass to Nick Nurse either. I uh, that that was a great moment. That was a funny mm-hmm. moment because it like it it almost swung this. Like if the Raptors win, Celtics fans are, are never shutting up about that. Mm-hmm. Nick Nurse mm-hmm. was on the court and then the you know and he baited him into it and all that kind of stuff. Um, Ultimately, it ended up not mattering as much, but but uh, still a great play. By yeah, Nick like Nurse. in the moment, I was like, oh my god, if that like ends up being. One of the reasons why the Celtics get bounced from the playoffs—that's so good. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say, and Marcus Smart's another guy that, like, I was just impressed by. I left the bubble saying, "Wow, Marcus Smart's like a really good basketball player," and uh, he used to get on my nerves. I always knew he had the talent, but he is like taken the raw talent and has been able to curate it into a really solid combo guard. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm just thinking about the Celtics right now. I'm like, yeah, Marcus Smart's good. How about that? What? What do we? That's it. We we did it. We we didn't miss anything else. I don't think. I mean, mm. we. We went mm. through it all. We we hit it all. One shiny moment. That's one shiny moment. Bubble edition. Should we take a break? Come back and do some five star Fridays, and then get the hell out of here and go on vacation. Let's do it. All right. All right. Quick break to get aware from our sponsor, Nitsa. It can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late to find yourself at a railway crossing waiting for a train. And if the signals are going and the train's not even there yet, you may feel a bit tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Well, don't ever. To the naked eye, trains often appear to be further away and moving slower than they are, and they can't stop quickly. Even if the engineer hits the emergency brakes right away, it can take a train over a mile to stop. That's that's right, over a mile. By that time, it's too late, and the result is a potentially deadly crash. The point is, you can't know how quickly the train will arrive. The train can't stop quickly. Even if it sees you, it ends in disaster. If the signals are on, the train is on its way, and you, you just need to remember one thing. Stop, because trains can't. All right, Tate, I want to talk about Raycon. Uh, I am excited because I am mm. flying home tomorrow. I'm going to, uh, actually today, for everyone listening, it is today. I'm flying on Friday. And Sergio Simpson, my favorite musician on this planet, is releasing, apparently, this is the rumor, he's releasing mm. his uh, most of his catalog as like bluegrass songs is the rumor. And uh, I'm hoping it drops for the flight and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be so excited to listen to it. And I'm going to be excited to listen to it Beyond just the great music, I'm going to be excited because I'm going to be listening on my Raycons. Wow. Because the best way to listen is using premium wireless earbuds, especially if you can get them at less than half the price of the other guys. That's why we use wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon's newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are their best ones yet with, get this, I'm going to to read some bullet points too. I hope you're listening. If you can't hear me, it's probably because you don't have your Raycons in right. Six hours of playtime. Seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, a more compact design, and a noise-isolating fit. Raycon earbuds are stylish and discreet. No dangling wires, no stupid stems sticking out of your ears. Give them a try. Raycon has a 45-day free return policy, so you can make sure they're the pair of wireless earbuds for you. For a limited time, get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash Tate. That's buyraycon.com slash Tate for a special 15% discount on Raycon wireless earbuds make sure to check it out now while the deal's running by raycon.com slash tate 
All right, we're back. It is uh, we've done our bubble moments. We have sealed up the bubble. We're gonna have Duncan Robinson come back and talk about his. That was probably the most unfair part of this, Titus. We did not mention any Duncan Robinson bubble yeah. moments, but we're saving those for when Duncan Robinson is on the we show. Are, yeah. And we're gonna go through all his. We should moments, do our so. top. We should do a top ten <laughs> draft of our Duncan moments <laughs> with Duncan, where he drafts his own moments. Just all Duncan. Great. He's like when LeBron James took the ball out of my hands while he was yelling at the ref. We're like, yeah, that's a good moment. I remember that Duncan. That was cool. <laughs> uh, all right, Five Star Friday. Here we are. The first one. Uh, this comes from P Wiz twenty five. The headline is Luca Garza is a boomer. <laughs> Great way to start this one. We love that. You have my attention. Yeah, way to go, P-Wiz. Hi, TNT. Long time, first time. I attended Indiana University and therefore a diehard Hoosier fan. Many of my hometown friends went to Iowa and find themselves to be big-time Hawkeye fans. My girlfriend also still attends Iowa, and I visited her there this past weekend. Don't know if we needed that detail, but I love it, T-Wiz. Coincidentally, Luca Garza was at her house the night before I got there. Nice. She told me he couldn't figure out how to operate her television, which got me thinking – if this guy can't even figure out how to use a piece of modern Ooh. technology, can he really can he really lead Iowa and its atrocious McCaffrey defense to a Big Ten title? <laughs> also, do the Hoosiers have a chance to finish better than Iowa? Just please say yes because my friends would find this very triggering. Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. Uh, I'll direct that question to you. This is Big Ten country. This is Big Ten talk. Uh, uh, what what do you think of Luca Garza? Can't figure out a TV. Can he lead? How is he going to hit your ball screen if you can't even turn on a if, if he doesn't understand the difference between no Luca? You have to when you hit TV power that only turns on the TV. You have to hit cable box power as well. Like come on, buddy. No, I, I in all seriousness, it wouldn't surprise me if Indiana was better than Iowa. I don't. Wow, wow. It, it's going to become a meme if it's not already the can Iowa play defense. I, I I'm going to call my shot. I like calling my shot on this program. Um, fast forward to we are a month into the season. And Iowa is like 8-0 or something, whatever it is. And Iowa fans are just like – they're smelling their own farts, Tate. And they're mm-hmm. just – they're the most obnoxious shit you've ever seen. They're, they yeah. are replying to every tweet about Iowa. And they're doing the SpongeBob where you like capitalize a letter under a case, mm-hmm. cap back and forth. And they're like, but can they not going to be first-team All-American. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but can they play defense? Mm-hmm. But can they – seems like our defense is doing well right now. I feel like that's going to happen. But – I say that to say uh, it's going to be memed to death if it's not already the Iowa defense thing, but it is a legitimate concern. Like you have to, they, 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 their defense is very, 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 very bad. And if this was like a, if if we did a seven game series in college basketball, I don't think I would be as concerned about Iowa. But yeah, I mean, do you trust Iowa to to just play lights out offense every single night in the NCAA tournament? Yes, uh, Luca Garza is a boomer. That that's what the yes is to. Not to your question. To the Luca Garza, Garza is a boomer. Yes, he is. And this is what I'm saying. Boomers love college basketball, and he understands the game. He he's another savvy year in. Last year was his breakthrough year. This is his year where he solidifies it. They're gonna go to a elite eight. I don't think they're gonna go to a final I, four. I think that they're an elite eight caliber team. I think Garza could be national player of the year. And last year we were anti Garza. This year I'm going pro Garza. So I'm going. No, I'm pro Garza. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I'm pro Garza, okay. but I'm All saying. Right. Uh, All right, just checking. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely. Pro Indiana Garza. has love- a chance. But we're pro yeah, I'm, Garza. I'm pro. All, I'm all pro Big Ten. Every Big Ten team okay. I want to. I just want to. We, we Can't win everybody win? Yeah, I need somebody to win a goddamn <laughs> time. But Indiana's going to be very good. I, I want to point that out. That this should. Uh, there, there's a lot of buzz out of Bloomington, Tate. That the Hoosiers might be back. I don't know if you've heard this. Mm. <laughs> They're saying this might be the year. 
Number twenty-three, Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, everyone's talking about this. I'm fired up. You're fired. No, they, up. they are. They are going to be good, and I think uh, they're they're going. I'm I'm sticking by. I said they're going to get the Maui bump. I believe that. I think Indiana's getting the Maui bump, and uh, they're gonna they're going to be in the mix in the Big Ten. But I I don't know. I I don't. It wouldn't surprise because this is too much Big Ten talk. Iowa, Wisconsin, and Illinois are the top three. I don't think that's going to be the top three at the end of the. I think those are the top. Everyone's top three going in. One of those teams is going to just fall like a rock and i think it might be iowa because they don't mm. play defense mm. so the answer is yes yes p was 25 the answer is yes uh indiana has a shot all right next one we have bm rivas he says five star friday where's the duffel bag two questions question number one are this is a great question uh something that we maybe should have talked about with our bubble experience are the lakers really the champs Mm. that's that's always a great start yeah yeah <laughs> if they if they did not beat the undefeated sons in the bubble and does this help mj's case for goat mm. i'm saying yes uh but mark titus i'll, I'll yeah i think uh yeah i think it hurts I don't, I don't think it helps i'll say that i'm not gonna say it hurts i don't think it helps <laughs> <laughs> it is ridiculous that the suns went eight no and didn't make the playoffs yeah and yeah, the, the Sun. In retrospect, the Suns as the eight seed with Devin Booker versus the Lakers. That's a nightmare matchup. Even though Dame Lillard yeah. seemed like the real nightmare <laughs> yeah. at the time, it was really it was, Devin Booker. Yeah. <laughs> People said this about literally talk about every moving season. the talk about yeah. moving the goalposts. And then when he got done, poor LeBron. This is why I feel bad for LeBron because I do that myself. I just think it's fun. And then when he got to the end, he beat all these teams that we were all were like, "Watch out for Jokic and Jamal Murray. How do you stop that pick and roll?" It's like watch, watch out, out for, for Harden and Westbrook. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, second round. Yeah. And then when he got done, they're like, "Man, the easiest path I've ever easiest seen in the finals." <laughs> What a loser. Make Every single break. round. David Lillard. <laughs> my, how, how are the Lakers going to stop? Da- oh, they're going to stop him like that. Okay, I got you. Okay. But how are they yeah, going to stop Russ and Harden? Oh, they're going to stop him. Yeah. yeah, but Jokic and Murray, I don't know. Okay, And it's gone five. five. <laughs> All right, but this Heat team, I really believe and, yeah, it. And then six. LeBron's like, I want my damn respect. And then America says, No. No, America. America says we've been giving you respect. We've been saying that all these teams are good the whole time. No, They're kidding. saying you get no respect. In fact, yeah. we're going to say that this title doesn't count because you did not beat the eight no sons, and Devin Booker would have given you that, fits. <laughs> that is that is the one sad thing. It's like when LeBron says, "I want my respect." He's like, "I want my respect for people that were saying Kawhi Leonard is better than me or Kevin yeah. Durant is better than me," and people take that as like. I want my respect from Michael Jordan. Yeah. And I think that he's probably past that at this point. Like he's not going to get that tip of the cap from MJ. I yeah. think he just wants like Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard to be like, look, LeBron's better than me. And they probably never will. Be that as it may, uh, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton are basically LeBron James and Anthony Davis, just younger and with more yeah. energy, you know? Yeah. So I think yeah. like that would have been a great matchup. I mean, who, who's going to stop Cam Johnson on the Lakers? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all right, question number two from uh, from BM Rivas. He says, as a coach myself, wow, I've got a coach in the building, I am always looking for bags to carry my equipment and materials in. Why isn't there a friend of the program or Titus and Tate duffel bag, bag mm. I can purchase? Do I need to contact someone in marketing, friend of the program, signed, not John Diebler? Uh, I thought that was a great point. Uh, we do need duffel bags. We are the duffel bag boys. Uh, we are believers we are retrievers of said duffel bags and we need we need the duffel bag so adidas anyone out we, there hit us yeah up. we should make duffel bags but only like the only size you can buy them is like yes large. yes like it's just like a duffel bag like, we, like it honestly, cannot we be a carry-on yeah yeah yeah. it's, it's like a body bag <laughs> with like a strap that you can like throw it over your shoulder yeah. it's like that and everyone's thing. like what do you put in here and we're like <laughs> cash <laughs> 
Straight <laughs> cash. The all, the ca- far, yeah. all, the, yeah. all the cash you can find. <laughs> it's like the town. <laughs> all right. Oh, that's good. That's, <laughs> that's good. We got that. Final one for this week. Um, this comes from Podcast Review Nickname. Uh, not, not a good start. Shoot my shot, they say. Which is, This is a good question, I think, just for you and I, and then we'll get out of here. This is the only college hoop pod that matters. I, legit, I legitimately mean that. With that said, my five-star Friday question, what do I have to do to be y'all's Gonzaga correspondent? I'm a fish, I'm actually qualified. In, <laughs> as In the past, I've written about hoops for Fox Sports, covered NCAA tournaments, and actually watched all the Zags games because I went there. Again, this person did not sign their name, so I don't know who they are. So I know, so, <laughs> all right, done. It's so, a- yeah, so I just wanted to read that and say, Yes, you are the correspondent. Congratulations. Uh, because you and I have a sneaking suspicion that Gonzaga is going to get over the hump this year and win a title. <laughs> Hold so on. we need the correspondent. Before, when we, we come back, from, maybe we need to spin everyone on the same page about which bandwagon we're jumping on. Because we're on, we're on Gonzaga. You're already committing us to Gonzaga, yeah. Luca Garza. Um, I want to get on the Illinois bandwagon. Yeah, I, I am um, also on that bandwagon already. Uh, we're already on UCLA. Like, yeah, that, yeah. That, Black, I'm already on the bandwagon. <laughs> uh, you you tell me and I'll tell we you. Gotta, we got to figure out who our villains are. Because like last year, yeah. we kind of organically, who are, who hated us last year? Like Marquette fans because we didn't love yeah. Marcus Howard? No, like, Marquette, Marquette we're friends with. It. We're going to have a Marquette correspondent. We're gonna, yeah. I, I, I will tell you this. This year, my enemy, unfortunately, you're going to be upset about this. Virginia. They're, they're going to be, they're going, the, South, the South's oldest rivalry is back. Uh, yeah, because you don't love Sam Hauser. I don't yeah, get it. I don't get it. So, so show me. I don't get it. I need a rivalry with somebody. I got to piss some random fan. You know who else my rival? Franz Wagner, little brother of foe of the program, Moritz yeah, Wagner. Yeah. Because th- honestly, that like helps with listeners. That like helps engagement. If like, yeah. if you have a hate boner for a team, that fan base is going to listen to what you're saying about them every mm-hmm. single show. Michigan. Um, but it has to be like, I want it, I want it to be a program where like the fans are in their forum and they're like, I don't get it. Why does Titus hate us? And they're like, I don't really know. And then they're like digging into something like, oh, I got it. Uh, it's probably because in 04 we beat Ohio State mm-hmm. in a in a in a non-conference game in November, and everyone's like, "Yeah, that's what it is." I want it to be like that kind of. Oh, so so yeah. mine's Ohio State also. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I don't know. Maybe I should just pick like a ran- it can't be a Pac-12 school. No, we love like the, a we random Pac-12 team. It's just like I'm also on the Arizona like, State bandwagon as well as the UCLA bandwagon. They may have conflicting interests at times, but I'll decide yeah. on game day where I'm at, um, who I'm with. Maybe I just go in on like Oklahoma or something, <laughs> or, or like Iowa State. Whatever you got to no do. One, no one can figure it out. No one can figure out why does he hate Ohio. I, I am officially on the Seventh Woods South Carolina bandwagon as well. I, <laughs> Um, that down. Speaking of correspondence, I was reminded of this. We got it because uh, when we were talking about Greg Marshall last week, which, by the mm-hmm. way, uh, update, Greg Marshall has issued a statement. His statement is that he unequivocally never physically struck a player or a colleague. So I just wanted to point that out, that he's mm-hmm. now come out and put out a statement that directly denies uh, the allegations we were talking about from last week. So, I don't know, something to keep an eye on. But uh, when we were talking about Greg Marshall last week, it reminded me, we got to get Tim Miles to fish. Mm-hmm. We got to lock him on as the coach of the program. Um because I, I, I want to do that with him. I want to do uh, – I want him to play the role of coach where, like, anytime something happens with a coach, we call our buddy Tim Miles. And we're like, Coach, mm. explain to us what's going on here. Like, is is this good coaching or bad coaching? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I have a new segment for us that I think I'm going to introduce, which is – I also have a new insider, which is our new Duncan Robinson potentially, which I'm, I'm – you don't even know this right now. <laughs> I say we introduce a segment called Good Cop, which is Tim Miles. And yes. then bad cop or bad cop. 
and the other one is KOPP and is Miller Cop of Northwestern, a six foot six shooting guard who we're going to potentially have on this program. And this is all temporary right now, but I like the idea of good cop, bad cop with these two guys chiming in. So we get Pulse of the Nation. We need Pulse of the Nation. Player on the ground, coach on the ground. Good cop, bad cop. That's 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 just out there. We'll see. I'll good confirm man. with Miller. Yeah. Good man, bag man, Cody Statman. Yeah. Cody Statman's another one. It's- it's all, it's all for the taking, oh, folks. God. We're excited to come back. And um, we, I, I am so excited for college. Yeah, because well, we, when we come back, uh, it's going to be college basketball season. It's officially preseason. Um, mm. Yeah, I do want Tim Miles. Though. I want, like, if something happens with a coach, uh, like a Tom Izzo, Aaron Henry situation happens, we call up Tim Miles. We're like, how do you see it? What, give us give us this. Coach Lavin here. also has agreed. If coach we, Lavin we need, could be the yeah. coach of the program yeah. as well. Mm. Man, mm. yeah. I, I just I really do want that. Like, a coach says something at a press conference, and so we're like, like, please tell us what he's really saying. Imagine when we like, play the cops' music, and and then we bring <laughs> on Steve idea. Lavin and Tim Miles, and we ask them about what's going on. Um, all right, let's wrap this up. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Shoutouts, closeouts. I only have one big shout-out, and it is that we are both in Los Angeles, and there has been two sightings now, officially two, of a man flying around. Uh, have you seen this? Have you seen this on the news? <laughs> no. There, There is a man that is flying around that has been seen twice at LAX, and I don't know if it's Elon Musk. Oh, with the jetpack thing? Yeah, 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 the jetpack guy. <laughs> the jet man. One? There's a jet man, and he's, he's been seen twice now. Uh, I, the first time, fool me once, whatever. But the second time he's out there, so I, I, this is shout outs and close out. I when did this, shout out when did this start? Because I haven't talked, I, I, I honest to God, I've not seen Kyle in like two months and he it, just fell it, off the face of the earth. I don't know if there's if a that man went there. from scooters to a jetpack, that was the greatest <laughs> leap in history. That's what Spotify money will do for you. <laughs> shout out to the jetpack man, which may or may not be Kyle Crichton or and or Jim Cunningham. Um, and or Michael to- Jordan just trying to fly. He's like, I actually will fly. I first I believe now I will. Oh my god. Uh my my one and only shout out. Actually, this isn't true. I got a couple. Uh one is the city of Las Vegas is hosting the 2023 region. Yeah, so we are yeah. going to be there. Lock us in for that. Mm. Uh the great the, the stage has been set for for Vegas. Uh the state of Nevada has not hosted anything NCAA sanctioned or like an NCAA tournament type thing since 1991, Tate. Since Jerry Tarkanian pissed him off. And then they were like, all right, we're done. Never again. Never yeah. again. So uh, this is a big deal. Um, and it sets the stage for uh, a Final Four being held in Vegas potentially one day, which would be the end of college basketball as we know it. <laughs> yeah, and if this is going to make you feel really old, uh, the 2019 CBS Sports Classic was there at T-Mobile Arena, and you and I were there, and we were we were on the ground, Dude. boots on the ground, and that feels like it was five years ago. So if When they have the Final Four in Vegas – we have to do uh, a sting operation with Jeff D'Angelo. We have to do some mm. entrapment stuff mm. and and set the bait at the Final Four. Mm. Try to get Jeff D'Angelo there because we don't know who he is. We're we're trying to figure mm-hmm. it out. We're gonna Scooby Doo this shit. Get him. Pull the mask off. I knew it. It it's was Tom Crean. <laughs> it was Tom Crean all along. <laughs> bag uh, boys, bag boys, dude. If we make a remix with Bag Boys, Bag Boys, what you gonna do with like? Man, that would be – I'm already seeing all the potential candidates we have. With um, my, my real shout-out I wanted to give, other than the city of Vegas, was uh, Rick Pitino. Oh, nice. Um, he did an interview with Jeff Borzello of ESPN, uh, who, by the way, did not give – does not respect journalism. Mm. Did not mm. uh, give us credit for the Peyton Watson announcement. 
So I am not going to say that Patino talked to Jeff Borzello. I'm going to say he talked to us. Mm. Talked to, I'm going to do a mm. Borzello. Thank you, Coach. Turn, Thank turnabout you. is fair play. Uh, Rick Patino spoke to me. Um, and, what did he and say? This is what, but this was his quote <laughs> in the article, and I wanted to get your uh, reaction to this. To say I have a chip on my shoulder would be incorrect. I have a boulder <laughs> on my shoulder. Not for seeking revenge. It's more to the fact uh, that I'm passionate, more hungry today than I was in my 30s. It's because of my absence from the game of college basketball. I do have a major, major boulder on my shoulder, but not to stick it to people. <laughs> That's what he said. All right. All right. So Coach K said it, you know, a couple years back. He said, he asked the question, very Shakespearean, blip or, or bomb, <laughs> blip or bomb. And now Rick Pitino asked the question, chip or boulder? Chip or boulder. <laughs> and I say it's boulder. And I do agree. But, I think it's boulder. But be let to be fair he he has a boulder on his shoulder but he also does not want to stick it to anybody yeah no, though, no no like no. he wants to drop it on somebody that's what you do with the boulder <laughs> you don't stick it to someone you drop it and he's gonna drop how the do you hammer. have a chip on your shoulder and not like that's the whole point of the chip on your shoulder like that's a little etymology lesson you put a chip on your shoulder because you're hoping that someone knocks it off and then that yeah. gives you permission to now yeah. beat the shit out of them yeah, that's the whole point of the phrase. Yeah, but, but like, this what is, do you mean you're not waiting for so, like you're not trying to stick to somebody? Th this is modern society. We're so lost in the, uh, the the phrasings of things that we don't even know what they mean. We just know that it's supposed to mean something. It's kind of like yeah. what I was talking about Barkley talking about the the screens before. You know, you kind of get lost in like what you were trying to ask, and you're like, I mean, I get that they can see the screens. Like, <laughs> I get there's not a chip, but it's a boulder. But wait, what does that mean? Uh, uh, good for Coach Patino though. He's back in full force, and people forget. <laughs> that jimmy valvano jimmy v that you know the jimmy v classic jimmy v everything like he started at iona iona is a breeding ground for success mm -hmm. with getting top players to be able to go there it's about so. to be a breeding ground for more than just success because <laughs> rick patino says i'm more passionate more hungry than i was in my 30s i mean hide your kids hide your wives yeah <laughs> here comes the boulder <laughs> it's an avalanche <laughs> All right, let's end with that. Uh, that's it. That's the show. Thank you for listening. We are we are gone. We're going on vacation. But as we said, we're, our hope is that uh, we're going to have a, a surprise bonus episode with Duncan. Uh, he, he says he's going to come on next week, so we're gonna we're gonna hopefully do that. So uh, yeah, look for that. But if not, um, Tate and I are going to take a little time off. And when we come back, it's full hitting, force. It's full force. Yeah. Full steam ahead. College basketball preseason officially starts. And we are locked in. Practice started, I think, today, yesterday, something like that. Mm -hmm. College basketball is underway. We are so excited for that. Uh, so, it, seriously, from the bottom of my heart, thank you to everybody who's, like, listened to us through all this nonsense. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it really does mean a lot because we are um, idiots who, I don't know, we're, we're doing the best we can and we're trying to put on – we, we really truly are. I know, like, half the time it sounds like we are just mailing it in. <laughs> mm -hmm. But we really are, like, trying to figure out interesting things to talk about. And um, I don't know. It was, it was a weird time, and, and it, I wouldn't have blamed a single soul for being like, all right, I'll check back in with those guys uh, when college basketball comes around. So for those of you that stuck around, thank you. And a hundred percent. And for those that did, you're going to get the payoff because we're going to come back. I got asked the question today. We were on a homage phone call, you know, the t-shirt company. And they were like, you guys are going to be a college basketball pot again. And I was like, yes, yes, we will. That's how weird. <laughs> yes. That's how, that, that's how weird the time has been. That's how lost we are in this dystopian future of Tyson Tate talking about NFL and MLB and everything. Yeah. We are coming home. As LeBron once told us in 2014. But I'm also going to stab you in the back in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. We're coming home first, though. We're getting a uh, title first. <laughs> all right. That's it. See you guys. <laughs>